Hello, my name is Julie Pryke and this is the Tell Tales to Kids podcast. I'm a storyteller and a children's author, but most importantly, I'm a nana to four children and young adults. Through the podcast, I aim to help you develop your storytelling skills, whether telling your own stories, learning how to make them up, or, of course, sharing them with your children, whether at home with you or further away. As some of you will know, each time I'll try to give you new and easy tips to storytelling. And also, I'll always tell an example story for your children to listen to with you, or for you to tell them yourself later. So let's get going. Welcome to episode 6, A Story for an Angry Child. Young children can sometimes be rude, angry or upset and not really know why or how to deal with it without losing face. They may well be feeling powerless to control what is happening to them, usually because they don't know how to explain what it is that's bothering them or feel that no one ever listens to them or gives them a choice. Sometimes they may be jealous of a brother or sister, for example, who, unjustly as they see it, seem to be getting more favourable attention from the person most significant to them at that moment, whether it's mum, dad, a grandparent, teacher or other person. They may not have experienced these kind of feelings before or may have been scared of showing them because these emotions feel so powerful and overwhelming, quite out of control. And also because they've come to expect someone to be cross with them when it happens. I was thinking about this and felt that a story describing that feeling in a young child, under five years I guess, might be useful to help children realise that other people have similar feelings and also that it is possible to learn to control the feelings and still have some say in what is happening to them at the moment. We've all seen a child having a meltdown in public and an adult looking embarrassed, looking the other way, walking off or shouting at or even spanking the child or offering those awful, impossible to keep threats. You are never going to go to so-and-so's house again or pick that up now or no more ice cream for you ever again. Unfortunately, for some of us, we may have faced similar situations ourselves. Knowing that others are watching and may be judging makes the experience worse for those involved. And yet none of us know the circumstances of the event unless we are directly involved. But it won't help to avoid it happening again if one or both of those involved don't know what to do. A story certainly won't offer an instant solution, but might be considered as one tool along the way which might help the child. And I 
a story certainly won't offer an instant solution, but might be considered as one tool along the way, which might help the child. I feel that telling a story that relates gently to the anger rather than directly to the immediate experience may be more valuable to the child who does not want to be reminded of what has happened but may want to know that it does happen to others, that there are ways of controlling the feeling and that someone else to talk to may help. I've called it The Day Millie Swallowed a Volcano but the names and gender of the characters can easily be changed to more appropriate ones by the storyteller or it can be used as a model to suggest more fitting situations and issues in your own story. Of course, Millie's story is entirely fictitious, but see what you think. The day Millie swallowed a volcano. Uncle Dave was visiting Millie, her big brother Liam and little sister Olivia one day when he found out a very important secret about Millie. He had taken them to the park and just explained that they were going down to the lake first to feed the ducks and that after that they would go to the playground so they could all have a ride on the swings. Olivia and Liam seemed very happy, but suddenly Millie exploded. (coughs) Everyone was very surprised, and Olivia started to cry a bit. Millie began with a very grumpy face. Then she shouted, No! at all of them, and stopped holding hands. Still shouting, she ran towards the swings and tried to climb on all by herself. Uncle Dave saw what she was doing and was worried that she might hurt herself. He called out to her, Millie, stop, wait for me. And then he shouted, please be careful, look out for the swing, as he ran towards her with the others. You see, Millie couldn't climb on the swing by herself because it was a bit too high. So she'd started to push it and it was wobbling about a lot and he was scared it was going to hit her. Quickly, He popped Olivia down on the playground floor and gave Liam the bag of duck food. He said, stay there please and look after Olivia. Then he rushed to help Millie before she got hurt. He dived forward and managed to grab her. He swung her round out of the way before the swing hit her. Then he put her back on the ground near the others. He said to her, Millie, I am glad you're okay. I am sorry I shouted, but I was worried in case the swing bumped into you and hurt you. You shouldn't have run off like that. Millie looked sad and started to cry. But Uncle Dave had had an idea. I think you must have swallowed a volcano, Millie. Let me look down your throat. Millie looked puzzled. But then she opened her mouth wide and let Uncle Dave have a look. Yes, he said. It's nearly gone now, but you did. You swallowed a volcano and it made you explode. It's not very nice, is it, exploding? But I think we can uh, get rid of the volcano, if you'll help me. Millie wasn't sure about any of this. 
She'd never heard of anyone swallowing a volcano before, and she didn't know whether to be frightened or excited. Liam was very excited and started to sing, Millie swallowed a volcano, Millie swallowed a volcano, whilst he jumped up and down and clapped his hands. Olivia joined in, running round and round and shouting, K-no, K-no. Millie thought this was quite funny, so she ran back over to them and joined in. After a minute, Uncle Dave shouted, One, two, three, stop! With a big grin on his face. Millie felt much happier now. Let's have a look down that throat again, Millie. Millie looked round proudly and opened her mouth wide. Uncle Dave had a quick look and said, Yes, it's all gone now, Millie. Let's go and feed the ducks. As they set off down the path to the lake, Millie and Liam started to ask questions. How do you swallow a volcano, Uncle Dave? Did it hurt, Millie? How did you know, Uncle Dave? Has it gone forever? While Olivia kept singing ducks and then K-no over and over again. Uncle Dave swung hands with the children and talked as they walked along. He explained that anyone can swallow a volcano sometimes because really it just means they're feeling a bit naughty or upset. But it might also mean that they didn't want to do something uh, which they'd been told to do. But if that happened, then they had two choices. They could choose to be more angry so that the volcano started to bubble up inside them and then they would explode with crossness and shouting and feeling more upset. Or they could choose to think about it as soon as the volcano started rumbling and put it out at once. They could do that by taking notice of what they'd been told or asked. And if they didn't like it, they could ask nicely if they could change what they had to do or what was going to happen, and give a good reason. Then the grown-up should listen to what they say and give them a fair answer. Millie liked that. Can it happen to grown-ups as well, Uncle Dave? she asked. Yes, Millie, I'm afraid it can, but most grown-ups have learnt that it feels a lot nicer not to explode like that. By this time, they had arrived at the lake and Liam gave everyone some food out of the bag to throw for the ducks. Uncle Dave held Olivia's hand and reminded them all not to go too near the edge. All the ducks came paddling across very fast and soon the food was gone. Uncle Dave said, Why don't we go to the swings now? And then we can have a nice cream on the way home. No, shouted Millie, but this time she was laughing. And so that's just what they did. And that's the end of the story. Would you please note that the adult didn't give in to Millie um, and let the let her play on the swing straight away. But he goes back to the agreed original idea as soon as they've calmed the situation down. And that's a good message for young children. Uh, to learn that sometimes they have to accept a situation. But now it's time for you to do your homework.
No, dear. Think about what I'm going to say. I've got a couple of points to make. You may have ended the story differently. Ask yourself why. And then try to write down two or three sentences of how your story would end. Or think to yourself, does it work as a story? What's good about it? Would it ease the fictional situation and reassure a listening child that losing their temper may not be the end of the world? Or, again, you may think it wouldn't work. That's okay too. Ask the same questions, but look at why it doesn't work for you. Try to tell the story yourself. Rework all of it. Do it how you would like it to be and write down why you think it would work better. The final thing is you could write a completely different story looking at the same or a similar problem. You'll have to think of a problem situation. Make sure it's a little bit different from the one the children already know about. Then you have to think about what kind of solution you'd like to offer. Is just saying sorry enough? Or does the child have to be kind um, to help uh, move the situation on? Encourage children to talk about how they feel and to ask for help. And please don't forget, you could co-write the story along with your own children and let them help you find the best solution. Well, all I can say is, well done if you tried this exercise, which is quite hard. You really are well on your way to becoming a good storyteller. There's another thought before I finish. Um, for older children, I would expect some help to have already been offered to the children. They will be aware of additional techniques which have been tried and tested with greater or lesser success. I'd recommend the book My Hidden Chimp by Dr. Steve Peters. It was published in 2018. It's aimed at children between 7 and 11 and it's an enjoyable, easy read book with pictures which allows the reader to consider why and how they respond to different life situations as they do and how to deal successfully with the decisions they have to make. There's an adult book, also The Chimp Paradox, which will help older readers, young adults. I feel it's a book which would help many a parent or carer to understand just what is going on for their young people as well as for themselves. Unfortunately, neither of those were available for me when my kids were young. But the advice and supportive ideas in both are really useful. Can I finish now by reminding you to have a look on my website, www.telltales2kids.com. It's the figure two and it's all lowercase. There you'll find a transcript of this podcast and all the others, and you will find the stories with illustrations. I hope this has been helpful. Have a look at my books as well. Of course, you'll find them there too, and I hope you enjoy them. Uh, you can get signed copy, copies through my website, and you can get the book without signed copies at all the usual sources. Next time... 
I'm going to be doing a podcast about story poems and nonsense poems for children. But there may be a little surprise in between. Um, my eldest grandson has suggested an idea. So watch this space, folks. If you want to leave a comment on my website, it would be very welcome and I'll always respond. You may have a new idea that you'd like some help with or you may have um, a suggestion how I could do things differently. Um, whatever, it's absolutely fine. And if I can help you, I will do. See you next time. Bye.